Good ball played in for Tony Morley. Oh, he missed it! Doki, hello and welcome to another episode of Gather Round Again. Here we are live in the studio. Um, hopefully everything is running smoothly and you can all hear me. Um, yeah, Aston Villa 3, Hibernian nil. Aston Villa are now officially through to the magic, the splendor, the prestige of the Europa Conference League group stages. It's official. It happened. Aston Villa will be playing in European competition throughout the winter months. And this is splendid. Now, what this potentially was, this this Hibs tie, uh, some people suggested that this could be a potential banana skin for Aston Villa. And what it turned into was actually a, um, I guess, less a banana skin, more of a banana fudge Sunday. Beautiful. Um, so, yeah, uh, we've cruised through 8-0 on aggregate. Um, the, the first leg, obviously, we covered in some detail last week. The second leg was even more straightforward. And I suppose the only only even minor issue that we've had is that um that sadly yes hello hello Regan. let's go whoa all right here he is all right i'm checking on the chat this week uh, last week i missed the chat but it's live here hello to, to to regan our our friend and overlord over at the magical uh, under a gaslit uh, under a gaslit lamp there we go i got it right this week thank you um yeah the only slight wrinkle we've had in these first two um fixtures in europe is the unfortunate calf injury to emmy martinez uh, which kept him out of the burnley game that didn't matter also kept him out of tonight's game and uh, robin olsen going down with some kind of injury at the end of the game there uh, as well might be one to watch for the Liverpool game moving forward other than that it was basically perfect from Aston Villa and we even got to see some of our wonderful kids uh, playing uh, on the on the pitch tonight at Villa Park in the first European fixture hosted at the majestic historic Villa Park for 13 long years I suspect some people watching this stream do not even remember the last time that Aston Villa were in European competition proper. It was so long ago, but we did it. We qualified, and we qualified with a plum, and we have done it really painlessly. Um, so let's take a look at that starting eleven. Here we go. Whoa, there it is. Okay, there it is. All right, we have uh, the magic of some 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 visual aids this week. So um, lining up, we had our friend, your friend and mine, Robin Olsen. In goal, uh, right back was actually Callum Chambers, not Esri Conser. And Conser, for the first half at least, uh, partnered our friend Pau Torres in the middle of the pitch. Youngster Dominic Revan, um, brother of Seb. Or was it Seb Revan, brother of Dom? I think it was Seb Revan. Anyway, one of the Revan brothers lined up at left back. 
uh, for us and, um, and, and, and played quite well in place of uh, the rampaging Luca Dean, who we'll, we, we might talk about in some detail later on. Uh, Gingerbread Bailey lined up on the right-hand side, got himself a goal. Tielemans was kind of a left midfield slash number 10, but it didn't really matter against his opposition with Bubakar Kamara and Douglas Suiz in the middle. And a full Aston Villa competitive debut for the very exciting gentleman wearing 71. He's a big lad as well, Mr. Kellyman. So uh, he played the full 90 minutes, looked really bright, actually laid on an assist for Leon Bailey's goal to make it 2-0 to Aston Villa. Really promising um, prospect for Aston Villa and the next one off the taxi rank here. And we've got absolutely... Well, we're, we're going to talk about the FFP and we're going to talk about the academy in some more detail in, in a moment. But, um, you know, you don't want to get carried away. He's only 17. Um, it looks as though he's going to be sticking around for the foreseeable future in terms of us um, uh, not loaning him out. And, and, and let's see how many minutes he gets. And then the number 24 uh, scoring his first uh, uh, goal in European competition to follow up his goal against Everton a couple of weeks ago was, of course, our Colombian international young forward, 19-year-old John Duran. So John Duran absolutely smashing it there with a, a, a wonderful finish. Now this lad is really, really interesting because I think he is basically, um, I don't know, like he's doing John Fashionu things. Who's John Fashionu, I hear you say? Well, he was the host of Gladiators. Anyone? No? Gladiators? Yeah, so he was the host of Gladiators. Uh, which was a popular show in the 1990s. He was also a famous Wimbledon and eventual uh, Aston Villa striker. This was the real Wimbledon before they were MK Dons. And his nickname was Fash the Bash. And he was so nicknamed because he basically spent his time roughing up defenders and roughing up players, just as this young man did. Although John Duran seems to be a much better athlete um, seems to have a bit of speed and much better technical ability. And obviously the sky is the limit when you have this kind of physical profile. He's lean, he's fast, he's strong, he's aggressive. It seems like he can finish um, both the goals he's taken uh, this season, the one against Everton and also, of course, the one that he scored tonight against Hibs. Very, very nice finishes indeed. And I think it's fair to say that with John Duran, um, we may be able to be a little bit calmer in regards to some of our concerns and some of our qualms over, and I'll speak for myself, over the exit of our young forward Cameron Archer. So let's have a little bit of, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a think about John Duran. Let's have a little bit of a consideration to what kind of player he could be. And he is, potent well, he is. I mean, not potentially, he is the guy who comes in and starts up front for Aston Villa now, should anything happen to our non-England international at the moment, thank you very much, Gareth Southgate, Ollie Watkins, because of course, Eddie Nketiah. Eddie Nketiah, yeah. But that is a different story for a different day. Um, so, John Duran is the replacement for Ollie Watkins. And while, yes, he is still incredibly raw, um, he will certainly get sent off, I would imagine, before his Villa career is through. And he most certainly will get plenty of yellow cards. And other, other, he's just 
a real throwback in terms of his physicality and his enthusiasm was kind of infectious throughout the whole game. So really exciting um, a prospect there that Aston Villa have on their hands. And we also saw some substitutions. I think that Unai Emery did a really good job during that game of making sure that while respecting the fixture and making sure that we were competitive and, and professional as we were in the first leg, he also um, switched out John McGinn, uh, brought in John McGinn for uh, Bubakar Kamara at halftime, switched out Esri Konza for Matty Cash at halftime, who got his third goal in two and a half games. Um, Goal-scoring streak for Matty Cash. Hopefully he can carry that into the fixture at Anfield at the weekend. And, um, and also we saw my friend and yours in his leather lederhose and Big Daddy Donk. Yeah, back in the team, back in the side after a, a hiatus. Um, there was some concern and speculation as to the future of old Big Daddy Donk, but it seems as though he will be staying at Aston Villa, at least through this transfer window, um, to supplement our squad and our central midfield and provide, perhaps, dare I say, some cover at centre-back. Those of you who watched Belgium at the most recent uh, World Cup last it wasn't last summer at all, was it? It was in the winter because it was in Qatar. Last winter, whoever saw uh, Belgium last winter in the Winter World Cup in Qatar would have seen Big Daddy Dunk lining up as a uh, centre-back for Belgium. And um, perhaps he can do that for Aston Villa. Although we do have a potential signing coming in of Big Daddy Longley to go with Big Daddy Donk, uh, Daddy Longley, uh, a, a name coined by our friend uh, and uh, and uh, Gather Around the Lamp contributor and host, our dear friend Andy at uh, K2 Villa on Twitter, if you want to give him a follow. Um, so it's really interesting in terms of, in terms of that dynamic to have uh, Big Daddy Donk back, uh, perhaps Longley coming in, Lots of people have been very, very upset with the Longley rumors and transfers, and that's a little bit curious to me. Um, I don't know what kind of caliber of player you expect to sign on loan to cover the injury of Tyrone Mings in terms of having a ball-playing left-footed centre-half. But signing someone on loan from Barcelona, who's a full French international, won the Nations League with France, as Longley did, seems to me to be a pretty pretty solid addition now i know there are some people out there as i am that are lovers of courtney horse but uh, he has disappeared um who knows if he's ever to be seen again and while courtney horse is elite airily and uh, quite athletic when fit and very big and very strong no one would ever confuse him with being a deep-lying playmaker of any kind, in fairness to old courts. And also, I've actually seen some rumours, I don't know if I should speculate uh, if it's fair or not, I've seen some rumours that Courtney Horse may actually be, um, may actually be so severely injured um, following that, that issue we had at Watford that um, there was the whole hijinks about that, 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 that his career could be in, in question. Certainly he hasn't been seen by me on any of the Villa kind of uh, pre-season or, or, or in-season in now as we are training 
collages or montages or photos. Certainly, Courtney was not given a squad number or named as a member of our squad. And there has been, as far as, as, far as I know, absolutely zero, uh, zero things in the way of transfer rumors regarding Courtney Horse. So I think, you know, without being uh, disrespectful or cruel, we may be able to suggest that Courtney Horse's Villa career may have come to its conclusion, which again, in terms of having some depth at left-sided centre-half, makes the signing of uh, Longley all the more reasonable, all the more fathomable, and all the more important, um, because we cannot expect Pau Torres to be playing all of the games. We've just had a Carabao Cup draw as well. We're, we're drawn at home to Everton um, in the next round of the Carabao Cup. Add that to our schedule in the league. Add that to our now confirmed schedule in the Europa Conference League. We uh, we do need depth. We do need choices and we do need rotation options. And uh, Longley seems to be a really smart pickup on loan um, for the season. And that gives opportunity for our favorite son on this podcast Tyron Mings to get fit and healthy and return to his beautiful big self um, wearing Aston Villa number five shirt uh, just as soon as he is able and ready so um, yeah I, I, I kind of have moved along from the game there quite quickly because not really a lot more to add um, I, a word for the Hibs goalkeeper uh, Mr. Marshall, I think David Marshall. I mean, you could have Marshall Mathers in there tonight. I mean, he was he was very bad. And as a Villa fan, I am a bit of an expert in bad goalkeepers because I've seen a number of very bad goalkeepers over the years. And this this lad Marshall, he's one of them. Um, but Hibbs, in all fairness to them, they didn't roll over. They did come out to fight. There were some tasty tackles going in, I thought, particularly on Kellerman, uh, that were a little bit over the line but they 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 absolutely came to fight they didn't give up they gave their best effort and they 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 kept their their pride and their integrity and the fans certainly on my television feed over here on Paramount Plus the Hibs fans were coming through in, in full voice with their chants of uh, uh, oh flower of Scotland and, and, and all those uh, other things so uh, you know a great day out for them hopefully um, and certainly probably some gallows humour in there. We know all about that as Aston Villa fans from our relegation season and um, credit to the, to the Hibs fans. I hopefully everyone's getting home safely um, uh, from Villa Park tonight and there's no no messy trouble or messy, messy brawls or anything like that. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about the um, the transfer window. So my second magical graphic here, dun 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 dun, is the players out for Aston Villa in this transfer window, and it's a long old list: Cameron Archer, Aaron Ramsey, uh, Lamar Bogard on loan, Finazaz, Wesley dearly departed, Louis Barry on the loan, Morgan Sanson. Andy's second favorite player after Freddie Gilbert, also out on loan. Our old friend, our marvelous goldfish, gone forever to Luton Town. Uh, Sinasalo out on loan. Ashley Young out for good, uh, released on a free transfer. And of course, uh, our youngster, Kane Kessler Hayden, uh, Kane Kessler Hayden, Kane Kessler Hayden, 
teaming up with Finazaz at Plymouth now in the championship and Finazaz doing some bits as far as I, uh, not, not Finazaz, sorry, Kane Kessler-Hayden doing some bits uh, online and in um, online. I've seen him doing some bits online on videos and compilations from his recent appearances with Plymouth. There you go. We got there in the end. So what does this mean for Aston Villa? First of all, Villa have made a small fortune from the sales of Cameron Archer and Aaron Ramsey. Um, Archer for a reported £18.5 million. Aaron Ramsey for a reported £14 million. Both of those players are said to have buyback clauses. So we're looking at over £32 million for those two. Keenan Davis, our old friend of the podcast as well, is rumoured to be moving to Udinese, which I did not have on my Keenan Davis bingo card. Uh, <laughs> Keenan Davis rocking up in Serie A, potentially for two or three million pounds, according to reports in The Athletic. Jaden Philogene, also potentially heading out the door for five million pounds to Hull. Philip Coutinho, apparently also finalising a move to Qatar. Uh, I haven't seen a transfer fee mentioned, but the most important thing with, with little Phil is is not necessarily a transfer fee, but certainly getting those absolutely astronomical wages off of our uh, wage bill. Um, I just want to focus for a little bit um, about on on the exit of, of, of Philip Coutinho. Um, Philip Coutinho is, was like a dream moment for me as an Aston Villa fan, signing Philip Coutinho. I don't remember ever having been as excited maybe since I was a kid and Villa signed Stan Collymore uh, for what was then our club record fee I think of 7.5 million pounds from um, Liverpool I want to say in 1997 but happy to be proven wrong on that and um, I think absolutely with the Coutinho move is it's a bit of a shame really I think that this isn't through a player's lack of effort this isn't through a player's lack of application this is basically through a player's body no longer being able to cope with the physical demands of a Premier League season. Um, we saw, or I saw, and, and probably you saw as well, lots of the, the social media training videos of, of Coutinho that he released during pre-season, him doing extra bits with a personal trainer. He came back looking sharp. He came back looking uh, a little bit bulked up, a little bit more muscle on his, on his body. And um, he looked really sharp in his substitute appearance, um, certainly against, uh, well, Newcastle, the game was kind of dead and buried by the time he came on, but certainly against um, Everton, he looked really, really bright, only for him to go down, you know, with minutes of coming on with another, what looks like a lengthy injury. So there does have to be a point in time where you kind of hold your hands up and say, yeah, um, the, the mind is willing, but the body is not able. And that seems to be the case with, Philip Coutinho at the top level. In terms of talent, he's certainly up there with, probably exceeds the talent of the players I've seen, the best players I've seen at, at Aston Villa over the years. I'm talking about the likes of Paul Merson, Jack Grealish, Ashley Young, uh, Carboni was incredibly talented. Luke Nillis for the couple of weeks we had him. Certainly Coutinho would, would probably be at the top of that pile in terms of pure footballing talent, pure footballing ability. Uh, but again, the problem is this is a guy whose body has essentially failed him. He's really has always struggled to complete 90 minutes for Villa. I think he's only completed 90 minutes for 
Aston Villa on two or three occasions, or, or very few occasions at least. And even he couldn't get through a kind of 20 to 25 minute cameo against Everton without breaking down. So kind of you have to say thank you and, and goodbye to Coutinho because we're not in a position where we can be paying someone £150,000 a week to be on the treatment table or to be someone who is only able to come on for cameos at 20 minutes to the end of the game. Um, so it seems like him moving to Qatar, as has been rumoured, as has been mooted, is going to be in the best interest of all parties. He gets to go to a league which is, uh, with respect, I would suggest far less physically demanding. Um, he gets to probably live in a in a climate which might be more appealing than that of, uh, of, of, of Birmingham in January and February. So there's that to think of as well. And for Aston Villa, we get his wages off the books, which allows us hopefully to do some other bits and pieces in the market. And this is the other thing, looking at this list here of, of outgoings, that is a lot of players and there's a big savings there in terms of wages and transfer fees. Um, Ashley Young, we know, was on a, a big old pile of money, around £90,000 uh, a week, reportedly. That has gone from the Villa wage bill. Morgan Sanson, again, on a decent wedge, uh, rumoured to be certainly above the £60,000 a week range. Um, and then you look at the likes of Wesley, who again was on a fair wedge because he was, believe it or not, our record signing not that long ago. So add that to the sale of Coutinho and add that to the transfer fees accumulated both for Archer Ramsey as well as Davis and, uh, and, and Coutinho himself who are rumoured to be moving along. And Villa should have some serious wiggle room in terms of bringing in reinforcements towards the end of the window. Now, my only concern is here is there's rumors on Twitter, um, which is not necessarily the most reliable uh, bastion of, uh, of news, that uh, Bertrand Traore may have been omitted from the squad today uh, in the UEFA Conference League uh, win against Tibbs because he could be on his way tomorrow on transfer deadline day. So I don't see a world where asked, and I'm not one of these hysterical fans that's like, you have to really decide someone, sign someone, sign someone. I think we have enough, more or less. But if we were to see Coutinho, Jaden Philogene, and Bertrand Traore leave tomorrow or before tomorrow's deadline, I think actually there might be a different deadline for Coutinho, so he may go a little bit later on. But if we were not to see another forward coming in, I would be quite surprised um i think that would be a little a little risky um for aston villa but again in, in unai what we trust we'll see what's going on um that is about all we have time for here today on gather round again um uh, aston villa playing liverpool on sunday a big big game i would direct you to the main podcast available on all your podcasts uh, uh um uh, normal podcast platforms uh, gather around the lamp podcast you can search it throw it into your google and it will throw up the uh, the latest episode by andy and regan a really good listen and you'll be able to hear the full uh, preview andy actually very rarely for andy went for a draw andy normally always predict, predicts an aston villa win so go there for your full liverpool preview I will throw my, my two cents in. I think it's going to be a, a Desmond Tutu, a 2-2 draw for Villa uh, at Anfield, which I think will be a fantastic result going into the international break. And uh, don't worry, Esri. Don't worry, worry, Ali. Uncle Unai will take you into his sweet, loving arms.
we don't need to worry about Gareth Southgate. All right. And on that note, that's it. Aston Villa are into the Europa League proper, um, which means you'll be seeing lots more of these shows throughout the winter, uh, covering uh, the uh, Europa League uh, progress. Thank you so much for tuning in. I have been Craig Storrad. This has been Gather Round Again, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you in association with the full show. Gather Round the Lamp. All right. Thank you so much. And of course, up the villa. Thank you for tuning in to Gather Round Again, an Aston Villa podcast. Please like down below and... Right. Up the villa. Daly and Atkinson on